0: If you would turn to uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Today we're going to continue with the Build series. And how many of you want to build a life that honors God? How many of you want to build a family that honors God? How many of you, when you're old, you want to look back and say, I have kids that honor God. I have a life that honored God and is honoring God. And I have fulfilled what God has called me to do. Amen? I mean, isn't that what we all want? I mean, truly. Truly. We want to hear those words, you know, enter into thine rest, my good and faithful servant. You, you can rest now. You've labored for my sake and for my glory, and, and now it's time for you to be rewarded. And, and in this life, you know, when you think about it, we, we don't really have that much time. Even if you lived 100 years old, that's really not a long time compared to eternity. That's not a long time compared to history and, and, and how much you can make an impact in in that life and uh you know but today I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna challenge a thought that we've been brought up with and how many of you have heard the statement don't sweat the small stuff don't sweat the small stuff when in reality the small stuff is what we need to focus on it's the little things that not we don't I'm not talking about worrying about it what I'm talking about is your sweat equity you know your your, your, your labor your intentions you're, you know, if you want to be, you know, a lot of times we have intentions, but we don't pay attention to our intentions. And that's why our intentions never happen because we don't attend to them. We don't give attention to them. And, and that's why the Word, that's why we read the Word daily. That's why we read the Word ongoingly. Uh, if you read the Word one time, you'd forget half of it, and then you'd forget to be doing what you need to be doing. But I want to, I want to tell you today that we need to sweat the small stuff. To focus on the little things in our life, John F. Kennedy, when he was president, he was you know they were trying to get a man on the moon now my great grandpa doesn't believe that that ever happened. he believed it was staged on t v and that we never went to the moon i don't even know if he believed in space i don't know what it, i don't know what his thing was, but he also watched w w f with the twenty two magnum so I mean you know, it kind of shows you where he was in the on the charts right and um so so anyway, John F. Kennedy wanted to put a man on the moon, right? And I don't know if you, you know, John F. Kennedy, one good thing he was at was, was teamwork. He was good at building people together. He was good at unifying people around a common goal. Because he said things like, you know, don't ask what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Because individualism is really, I mean, that's not even a godly thought. That's selfishness. You know, we can't be, you cannot build a healthy society. If you want to build a good society, build it on good work biblical principles, amen. You know, love one another, care for one another, be be a part of one another. Uh, you know, I mean the the commandments were built around a good society. You know how I mean, you know reading all the ways that God thinks in the in the in the old law. You know, we're reading the 90-day Bible challenge right now. And um and that's really not something that we just shot out there church-wide. It's something that me and Christy did and we invited people to if you're interested in let me know about it. But but you know the God is all about our working with other people. You know, I mean, we were reading about if you have a bull and he gores another man's animal, you know, you're responsible for that. Or or if he kills a person, you're responsible to put that bull down. But in the Old Testament, if you had a bull that was already guilty of murder, and you didn't put him down and he murdered somebody else, then you were to be taken out. I'm like, man, that's a level of accountability. You know, everybody loves that word accountability until you define it. Dang, I don't want none of that, you know. But accountability is a strong word. It's not a weak word. It means it means that accountability means that we're we're going to be held responsible for our actions. It means that we're going to have integrity. It means that we're going to do the right thing no matter what, uh, whether it costs you or whether it rewards you. You know, sometimes doing the right thing, it, you don't win the lottery doing the right thing. You know, I, I dealt with a thing recently, and and it's, and, and, and I, I I checked into it and. And, and it's like this, is something happened, and, 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 but I'm like, okay, I asked Nick about it and a couple people and found out the details it was handled and dealt with, but I'm thinking, man, you know, I wonder how many things happen where everybody watches but nobody says nothing, because when nobody says anything, you're all just as guilty as to observe an injustice and not to stand up for it. And, and that is something that we as Christians are to be doing is standing up for justice and for things that are right. But President Kennedy said, you know, he knew that he, you know, to get somebody on the moon, that much technology, that much money, that much work, he knew that it was going to take the unity of a nation to see it come to pass. And he said, you know what, if we go to the moon, it's not going to be one man doing it. He said, it's going to be the whole nation of us that's going to send somebody to the moon. And years later, he was, uh, or a few years later, he was uh, touring NASA and he was walking around, and he, was, he saw a janitor, and the janitor was mopping. And uh, he said, hey, sir, how are you doing? What do you do here, sir? He goes, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Because he remembered this speech of John F. Kennedy. And, and you know what? I'm not here today to try to, you know, to, to, I'm not here about your successful life. I'm here about the glory of God, the building of his kingdom, the success of his church, and your part in that. that that's what this is about. So don't don't start off with this, you know, make 2017 the greatest year ever. Let's make God bigger and greater and magnify Him and bless His name better than we ever have in our lives. Amen? As a people and as a church and as our families. But the little things matter. They really do. Uh, James 4.17 says this. It says, so whoever knows the the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Now, we all know this, Right? You know, there's the sins of omission and the sins of commission. The sins that 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 I, you know, I, I committed them on purpose, and then the ones I just, you know, I didn't I didn't do that, and I, even though I knew I needed to do it, that's the sins of omission. And I want to ask you this: How many of you really, if you think about it, this is usually in the little things. I don't have a problem not walking around shooting people. You know, I don't. Have, you know, I, I really I don't I don't run around cheating on my wife. You know, those are pretty solid things that that. That I'm good at, right? You know, the, our public things, the public things, the public things, the big things, the things that people see. But what about in our personal lives, the little things? You know, do we lie? Do we do we treat our lives, our, our lives, our wives like we ought to when nobody's looking? Do we honor our husbands when nobody's looking, or do we go out and badmouth them along there? I mean, you know, what I mean, there there has to be a a balance there. Do we, do we, do we truly do the little things that matter with our kids, or do we just do the big things, like spoil the crap out of them on Christmas, you know? Or do we, do we love them and discipline them in a way that produces submission that's painful, you know? Do we discipline them, but do we train them and do we love them? I'm gonna tell you what, you know, growing, when I was a kid, it was all about the discipline, but there's more to raising a kid than just discipline. There's love, there's training, and there's correction. There's all these things that have to, have to come into play, um, and so. But but it's the little things that that add up into the big things. And Luke sixteen ten says this. It says now, now Jesus is talking about money here, but this principle applies across the board. And he's saying that you can't serve two masters. So he's using a general contextual thing here to define a specific about serving God and money. He says you can't serve two masters. You can't, you can't serve this one and this one. You can't, be, you can't be dual. You've got to be unified. And he says one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. Let me ask you this. If you're, if you're not good at it a little bit, then you're not good at it a lot. Right, um, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. So, so you're either faithful with a little, or you're dishonest with a little. And so, if the question is, is how much can a person handle when it be, gets bigger? You look at how they do with the little things. And this is this is the this is how we live with God. People, you know, they want to this. You know, I had a story one time going back to the janitor that was mopping. I said, man, I'm mopped in the Marine Corps. I'm mopped in the in, in in football. I mean, everywhere I went, it's like it always starts off with a mop. You know, when I became a welder, I started. I was a welder's ha- helper. You you'd mostly do a lot of sweeping then, because you're 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 sweeping, grinding dust and welding rods and all those things. But but the thing is, is you you build rapport with people. You build into you put change in your pocket. You know, John Maxwell always talks about having change in your pocket. Dad likes to bring that up sometimes about change in your pocket. You know, a lot of times, see, what happens is we, we try to get God to move and do great things, but we have no change in our pockets. He can't, he can't trust us with the little things, but we want God to do big things in our lives. We want God to give us the next step of the, of the program when we have failed to take the last step. He's like, and God's waiting on us. Be faithful with what I've given you, and then I'll, then we, and then we'll make you faithful with more. Then I'll give you more instruction. Then I'll take you to, then I'll start opening more doors. But do what you know to do now before you keep asking me to do something else. Amen. You know, I hope that today when you leave here that you come to a realization that there's something. I'm not. I'm not trying just to find something in your life just to find something. I'm hoping that you see that there's something in your life that is a little thing that you forsake so that you will not forsake it any longer so that God can work in your life. Whether it be your marriage, whether it be your children, whether it be your work, no matter where it is, we need to give it to the Lord and to trust Him and say, God, this ain't about you doing nothing. It's about you obeying what God says to do in the situation. So you don't really have to figure it out. You just got to say, what does God say about this situation so that I can do it? by therefore trusting Him, therefore He can trust me. And therefore we can trust one another and we can move on to greater things. But one who is faithful in very little also is faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. But big things are mostly the results of many little things. How many of you just ever in a day became successful at something? Or in a day, you know, just bam, there it was. You know, I think about geometry, you know, and we're going to go on this in a minute, but, but 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 little things hurt you or they help you. And I remember in geometry, I, man, I had a short-term memory that was excellent. And I remember I had a I remember in geometry, one one, one, six weeks, the one that put the nail in my coffin, I had a 97 test average. A 97 test average. My test. see, the tests are what? The big things, right? They come every so often. You take the test. You pass or fail. But we know that tests are a big part of the grade, right? But sometimes they ain't big enough. Because I had a 97 test average in geometry. I found the, the best looking, most intelligent woman in the geometry class. And I got her to, to mentor me, you know, the night before the test. And, and then I would just soak everything up and remember it. I mean, this is actually was one of my strengths in sniper school. Because we had, you know, seven classes every day. But you didn't go to bed till 3 o'clock in the morning. But I could just retain everything. And I made A's on every written exam in sniper school. So it really helped my, my overall performance. But my, 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 my homework grade... Y'all ready for this? Now let me tell you something. Teenagers, don't use this as an excuse. This is bad. It did not work. This is not a story. The pastor didn't. It worked out for him. No, it didn't. I had a 10 daily average. And I don't even know where she got that many points from. <laughs> I had a 10 daily average. And I failed that year with a 69.3. Two tenths of a point would have gotten me through geometry. But I had to go back. I wasn't faithful with a little. So I had to go back and do the little again. And, and, my tw- my, and, and listen, all I wanted uh, my aspirations in life listen, I denied the G.I. Bill. I knew I wouldn't going to college. <laughs> my aspirations in life were to get through high school. I, 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 I was only going to have to take three classes my senior year to get my basic credits, but now I have to take four. Now I had to leave an hour after lunch instead of an hour you know instead of at lunch. You know It just ruined my life. If I would have just done my homework, you know? And and not only did it hurt me, it hurt my sister because when she comes into the class and the woman's like, Who are you related to? It was Chad West. She goes, Well, I hope you ain't like him. And my little belligerent sister stood up and says, I've never been as much like him. She she actually stood up for me that day. But, but that little bit, if I man, hey, if I would have done, if I would have done maybe two homework assignments, I would have I would have passed the whole year. But the little things kept me from passing you know i love we love watching the basketball games you know we're we, right now tuesdays and fridays are basketball so don't don't invite me out on a date on friday on tuesdays and fridays and so so we're watching jeremiah and man we gotta work on the free throws buddy i love you but man <laughs> no hey jeremiah scored like Jeremiah's like he's either the first or the second highest scorer in basketball right now but you know what? Here's the thing, Jeremiah. When you make the most shots, you're gonna miss the most shots. So, I mean, that's 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 the reality of it. But but he's tearing it up, man. He's doing great. I just you know I want a t-shirt, you know, that has his autograph. And so, but basketball, you know, you think about it. You know, Koontz has a great team, but you know, you just don't. Just because you know, we we went to uh, we went to state with him one year, and and you know, and you get a personal relationship with all these kids, and you, and then we went to to the regional finals or whatever you caught last year, and but the thing of it is, is that you just don't go to them places. You don't go to them places. It's, it's the individual little games that add up to get to the big games. And, and then a, a, a multitude of big games get you to the bigger games until finally you get to the game. And all those individual little games are won by little practices. Amen? Amen? because you can have a you can have a, a, a you can have a team with the best players in the world but if they're not if they're not in tune if they're not practicing if they're not together it can destroy them the little things see talent ain't enough you got to have attitude you got to have desire you got to have discipline you got to you know all these little things can take you to the next level i mean i love in proverbs where it says that I can't remember verbatim, but I used to tell the kids this all the time. You know, show me a man that, that excels at what he does and he'll stand before kings. It's the little things. And so basketball, you know, it's the little things that get you to the state game. You know, you guys on your work, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, know the, I don't know the situation, but, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest things for doing great at work is being trusted in the little things. And being good at what you do. And you know and not just and you know what you can be really good at what you do and, and nobody like you because your attitude stinks or you're or you grouchy all the time or nobody wants to work with you and your talent ain't going to take you nowhere. You see, so it's the little things that matter. people got to want to work with you, and they want you to do good work. The only time they'll use your talent despite your attitude is if they can't find nobody else to do it, they're in a bind. But I many remember the old saying, the devil is in the details? The devil is in the details. What does that mean? It means this. It means that mistakes are usually made in the small details. In the small things. In the, in the little things. In the, in the you know, they, they're usually not big mistakes. It's little mistakes that causes us to fail geometry or lose a basketball game or, or to even lose a war. Or to even lose a spouse. Or even lose our kids. Is consistently not dealing with the little things in our lives. It's You know, consistency is key. It's, it's consistently doing the right things. But, but the devil, you know, mistakes are usually in the small details, and that means that we need to pay attention to the little things. You know? Like, okay, we're, we're going into Jericho, all right? This is the first big battle, all right? Joshua, you're going to take all your guys and... And here's the problem. Sometimes when we, when we have a big thing happen, we forget to do the little things continually afterwards. And so, y'all remember God tells Israel to go to their first battle in the promised land, in Jericho, right? And they went around the wall seven times, and the walls come tumbling down. But God said this. He says, don't you touch anything. Don't you take any, don't you take any treasures. Don't you take any animals. Don't you take nothing. Everything belongs to me. And it goes along with why we give God the first, right? That principle that God gets the first because it takes faith to believe that he's going to take care of the rest. Amen? And so they go into Jericho, but what happens? Achan, he takes a little bit of shekel, I mean just a little bit. How much compared to all the treasure that was laid around that place? He just took a little bit. And then he went and he hid it, a little shekel of silver and gold, and he went and he he, he buried it under his carpet in in his tent. Boy, everybody, we just had a big win. Who can stop us now? And they go to the next battle at Ai. And it says they ran before, the, it says they, they, they confronted the enemy and, 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 and 30-something died. I can't remember exactly, but men, huh? 36 men died. And it says they turned away from the enemy and their hearts turned to water because of a little thing. Because of a little thing. Because of a little thing. You know, the devil is in the details. You know, in that way, Joshua realized, we better worship every time we go to battle. We need to look into the details of every plan. We need to look into where Satan is trying to affect us and work in what we are doing. But the devil is in the details. Song of Solomon 2.15 says this, Catch the foxes for us. Catch the foxes for us. For us. Catch the foxes for us. You see, this is where I don't want you to get into this works mentality. I want you to get into this trust mentality. I want you to get into this mentality of seeking the Lord and devoting yourself to Him. It's the little things that matter. It's those quiet times with God. It's, that, it's, 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 not, it's, not, the, it's not the army. It's not the battle plans. It's not the war. It's the time that, that Joshua spent with God beforehand saying, God... How exactly do you want us to go about this? God, is there anything that we need to be worried about? You see, that's the, that's the way we should live our lives. We, Paul says to pray continuously. Why? Because we are continuously going forward. We are continuously fighting a spiritual battle. We are continually dealing with life. We are continually trying to build God's church and God, build God's kingdom. But, but he's in this, and, and for, the, for those of you that don't know, Song of Solomon is a romance novel. And this is the her, this is the, the, the woman in the relationship speaking to God, you know, the, the man saying, Catch for us the little foxes. It says, The little foxes that spoil the vineyards. It's the little foxes, or the jackals. And he says, For our vineyards are in bloom. You know that as as Christians, there is so much already done, but we wouldn't know it because of all the little foxes eating what's already been done in our life. The freedom that we're to walk in, the power that the Holy Spirit has given us, the abundant life that Jesus died to give us, Now, not without suffering, amen, because Jesus also said you're going to suffer. But even in the suffering times, we know that there is provision, we know that there is protection, but but we need to allow God to speak into our lives the little foxes. You see, when we come to church, when we read the Bible, we are saying, God, show us the foxes. Catch the foxes for me. God, don't allow Satan to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't allow him into my life. Don't allow him. Let me see God. Because don't think, the Bible says that the natural man discerneth not the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. But as a believer, they may not be foolishness to us, but we can be blind to them. Satan, don't, don't think that Satan can't affect your vision. Don't, don't think that Satan can affect your flesh to let you not see what is spiritually happening in your life. But God, catch for us the little foxes. Little things that destroy. Little things have power to destroy our lives. Little things. You know, an older and slightly more common phrase, actually, before that was, "God is in the detail." How many of you believe that God is in the details? <laughs> Don't take nothing in Jericho. Have you? How many of you been reading Exodus in the in the ninety day plan? Don't tell me God ain't a God of details. I want, I want blue curtains. I want little cherubims on them. I want gold rings. I want rods. And I don't want them rods moved. I want that wood out of a kaki, a khaki wood. I don't want it from OCBM. I don't want it from Lowe's. I don't want it from Home Depot. I want it cut from the, cut from the ground over here and wherever. But I want a khaki wood because it doesn't rot. It doesn't you know, and 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 not only did he have the details in the way he did it, but each thing had a meaning. It's crazy how much the Bible is tied into each other. You know what? There ain't nobody smart enough to write a Bible that is that connected outside the Spirit of God. Amen. Ain't nobody that good. Ain't nobody that talented. It's the best book ever written. It's got drama. It's got love. It's got war. It's got everything in it. And I mean, you know, if, if there's something in there to the peace to everybody's, you know, emotions and whatnot. But, but, but the thing is, is it appeals to the need that everyone has of a divine God for a, for a, a, a jacked-up people. And it's the little things. It's the little things. But here's the thing: just like little things can destroy. The little things can bless and the little things can reward. You say, God is in the detail means that attention paid to small things has big rewards or that the details are important. Building a tabernacle was detailed. Everything had a meaning, everything had a purpose, everything had a place. The life of your family is detailed. Are you applying the little things that God says into your life? Are you applying the little things that God says into your personal life? Are you applying the little things that God says into our church? There's, I, man, there's just list of things in each one of those categories that people are not applying in their lives. You know, to, you know, if you want to wonder if the little things matter... Because when, when we took Callie to Dallas and we dropped her off, when I drove away, it began to hit me that I'm, I've, I've had her for 18 years. Now I'm leaving her all alone. And you know what? It wasn't the big things that concerned me. It was the little things. Is she going to be able to manage her money? Is she going to be able to manage to take care of herself? Is she going to drive without wrecking and killing herself? You know what I mean? It's, it's those little things. And, and those little things all manifested. Did I teach her those little things as a father? Did I transfer these little things over to her that, that God has taught me? It's the little things. Did I spend enough quality time with her? And I don't think you'll ever achieve that perfect. But you know, that's like Cammie. You know, last night, I, I love to test her every now and then, because they get older, right? They, they, they go from booger eaters to, 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 you know, I don't need you anymore. Now they grow up, they get mature, and, they, you know, but, you know, y'all, y'all see the picture that we posted yesterday at, at uh, Cheesecake Factory? She, she put a, a, some spaghetti in her mouth, and she looked at me, and she had her fork and had it strung out there, and I'm like, what the heck are you doing, child? And Chrissy's like, hey, stupid, it's, you know, Lady in the Tramp. Oh, okay, so I, I get over there and you know, I put the thing in my mouth, and we, you know, we sucked on it until our lips touched, and we took a picture, and she's got my nose, by the way, it's definitely in that picture. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, and I'm like, she loves me, you know, she loves me. And, and last night, or the night before, I went into her room, and every night, she gets, and it's a pain now, because she's in that dead gum loft bed, and those little, those little ladder rungs hurt so bad. But I, I crawl up there. Sometimes I crawl my big rear end up in the bed, you know, and say, God, please don't let this thing collapse. And it's a little Ikea metal bed. But, I, I you know, I go in there, and she just lays there, and I just hold her, and I love her, and I'll tell her what's on my heart, and I'll kiss her and whatever. And, and the other night, I just walked up to the door. I just opened the door, and I just stand there. And I look at her. And then she'll say something like, well. And I'll be like, well, What? Well, come in. Why? Because I want you to. I'm like, why? She goes, because we love each other. And I'm like, right answer. And then I proceed in there, and I just get up there, and I love on her. But you know what? That that As little as that every night is, she knows. She will not even go to sleep until I come in there and tell her good night. Because she knows I'm going to be there. And she knows that, you know, I... She, I you know, hopefully she'll be able to sleep okay when she's older, but when I'm gone. But, but she knows that every night, you know, this is what we do. This is our thing. This is our moment of love and talking and laughing and giggling and, and bad breath and all that stuff. You know what I mean? This is our time together. But it's the little things that matter. Ephesians 5.15 says this, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. They y'all have heard me say this a million times, but listen. It Look carefully how you walk. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about not failing. I'm talking about pay attention to the purposes of God in your life. Your purposes as a parent, your purposes as a spouse, your purposes as a child of God, your purposes as, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It says, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, the key to 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 deciding, the key on deciding what little things to do rests on knowing God's will for our life. You know, we all have a general will of of, of families and church life and kingdom building, but then there's little specific things that God has for you that makes you unique, makes you different, that makes you special to the purposes that he's called us all to. But but what we do is, you know, we can't we can't seek the world's wisdom on the plans of life. We can't we can't even seek our own worldly desires. We we've got to know God. We got to get to know God and say, God, you know, what is it that you want me to do? And 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 the before you get into the specifics, do, the, do what He's called you to do. Read the Word. If we realized how much value there was in this, man, we'd be doing a week Bible challenge. We'd be reading the Bible every week, the whole Bible, you know what I mean? I mean we, we'd be reading it so much more thinking, wow, there's so, it, 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 this is God speaking to me. And, and a lot of times we can't hear God personally because we can't hear God through His Word. This, this is the revealed Word of God. And when we hear God personally, we want to make sure that that what we're hearing it's it's tested by this. And Christy just read a book about George Washington Carver. How many of you know who George Washington Carver is? He he was known as the Peanut Man. And the reason he was called the Peanut Man is because this guy was a genius on peanuts. But when you read about his life, it is amazing, and i don't, I'm going to read the book because it's it's just so interesting to me but george washington carver he was he was born a slave he him and his mom were sold for the for a horse for a horse, traded like animals, but he was so he was so frail that he couldn't work with the rest of the slaves, so they put him in the garden you know because the you know, you had, the, you had the cotton or whatever, but then every home had a small uh, a kitchen garden, you know, that they actually ate out of. This is what we ate out of every day. But because of that, the man became like a guru gardener. And uh, he tells about a story when he got saved. He said he was playing with a little white boy, he said, in the book. And it said the, he said he said him and the little boy were playing, and he said that, you know, the little boy says, well, I've got to go to Sunday school. And he said, I didn't know what the heck school Sunday school was. And he says, because of segregation, you know, we couldn't go. And he says where he was, there was only two, uh, I don't know if he, if there was just two blacks, period, or just him and another kid, but they couldn't go to church. They couldn't go to Sunday school. And so the little boy got to tell him about prayer and church and God and all that stuff, and he said he went up in a, in a corn loft and he sat up on a bucket and he said, he didn't know what the heck he was doing. He said, he just began to pray. And he said, it, 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 he said it was so exciting, he just kept praying and he kept praying. And he said, he just, he just you know, you know, learned who God was and about God. And he said, that was the beginning of his relationship with God. And, but, but it's, I mean, it's almost like the story of Joseph, this man's life. All that he went through and endured just to become so honored and great at what he did. The man was all about People. He turned down, the man made, I think, like a thousand bucks a year, which is nothing. This is when he was actually successful in his older life. He turned down a six-figure job with Thomas Edison because it, it, it wouldn't allow him the time to do what he wanted to do. He didn't file patents on things because he, he said, if it's a good invention, I want everybody to be able to use it. You know, the man wore tattered clothes, but, but he was so smart. And he came up before the Senate. They wanted to, uh, to question him. How, how this man made hundreds of inventions. I mean, he made he, uh, he, 300 things to do with the peanut he created. I mean, he did all these phenomenal things. And, and it was really, it was something going on in the United States where the Senate wanted to question him. How in the heck do you get all this done in one lifetime? How do you do this? And they said they brought him in. First off, this is an all-white, you know, government. You still got segregation going on. What year was this, 19... 19- 1920 or something, and this, this, this very humble, small-statured uh, you know, elderly black gentleman comes in, and, and there was like 15-minute sessions, right? So they said, look, we want to ask you questions. And they asked him questions for 15 minutes. They said, sir, can we do another 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, you sure? And they, he just began to explain. They said, can we do another 15 minutes? Sure. And they said, sir, can you just sit here for as long as you want and tell us? And it said that that man got a standing ovation at the end. A black man in the early 1900s, you know, an, an all-white, you know, government stands up, the Senate, and they all applaud him and just amazed at the intelligence of this man. And you know what? He said this, you know, because, you know, science in the Bible hadn't always jived, but his, his deal was this. He says, I cannot pursue science without the help of Jesus. See, he knew, first off, the bigger picture. For me to be a good scientist, I need to know Jesus, and for me, to know, for me to know the answers, I need to know God. And, and, and they asked him, they said, how do you get, how are you so good and how are you so focused? The peanut. He was, he was the peanut man. And he says, you know, they said, how do you do this? He says, you know, one day I got outside and I was talking to my creator early in the morning. He said, I get up an hour before everybody else does. That way I'm not distracted. He said, I get up an hour before everybody. And back then they got up early. And so he get up earlier than them and he said I went out and I talked to my creator and he said creator he says what what do you what do you want me to do in my life he says do you want me to figure out the meaning of life and he said all the Creator said no that's way too big for your little brain so what he says I mean in general I'm not saying it perfectly he says well do you do you want me to 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 focus my life on gardening he said no that's still too big for your little your little brain and he says peanuts And he goes, there you go, that's your your lane right there. And and he he just sought the Lord, and the Lord said, I want you to focus on this little thing. And because of that little thing, and because of his focus, and because his diligence to serve the Lord, and to do the little things, and to not let things that were big get in the way. In other words, you know, like John Maxwell says, he didn't let let good become an enemy of the best. He did the best things. And, And that man became very successful, and very honored, and very... And still today, I mean, you know, I'd encourage you to read the book. Uh, but it, it's just a phenomenal story of a man who found his purpose by serving God. And God made him so successful. You know, what, he, he didn't become rich. He didn't want that. He just wanted to say, God, what do you want me to do to make people's life better? And he helped people. You know, they were, they were planting cotton every year. The Bible says, you know, rotate your crops so that you'll have good soil. And he said, oh, okay. So he started doing that with sweet potatoes and peanuts. You know, and just, you know, but, but, but it's so awesome to see this guy and, and think, man, this guy had it figured out. You see, we look at the big things to judge people. We think, well, he's rich, so what, is, you know, what does he do? Or, or they're beautiful, so what do they do? Or everybody likes them, so what do they do? You know, when all these things defy the Word of God, the Word of God says, you know, you know it, the, the Bible warns us of the riches of the world. The Bible warns us of when all people speak well of us. The Bible warns us of all these things. And so we need to not look to the world and the big things that are going to make us successful. We need to look to the little things. God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, what do you want me to focus on in my life? God, what what little thing am I not doing in my marriage? Because us guys, we think that's good enough. God, still, God is still teaching me about the little things in the marriage with my wife. I'm going to tell you what. She is a better spouse than I am. I'm going to tell you that right now. God is still teaching me the little things. But you know what? A man thinks, well, I feed her, and I buy her stinking clothes, and I buy her flyers ten times, I mean, one time every ten years. So that's good enough. I'm good on the big things. But you know what's the little things? Jimmy Evans, in a message one time, said something Christy remembers, and she has never let me forget it. Points expire at midnight. And she ain't lying. Points expire at midnight. You know? Last night, I went and laid in her lap like a dog, and I rolled around on my back, and she she even rubbed my head and I thought, well, dang, this this is actually I'm getting something out of this too, other than just being here, you know. So, but it's the little things. Your kids, you know what? They 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 might be the most talented individual in the world, but do they have a daddy? Do they have a mama? Do those kids wonder? Does mom love me? Does dad love me? Do they smile when you come into your room or go? Oh God. Now there may be a season of that, you know, when you're Rebecca's age, you know, she's. I love you, Rebecca. But the little things, the little things. Is anybody convicted about anything yet? Seriously. You know, your job is important, but it's not more important than your spouse. It's not more important than your kids. And it doesn't provide more than what God can give you. It's just a job. And we fear man more than God. When the Bible says, don't do that. God is your provider. He is your God. He is your protector. He is your deliverer. He is everything that you need. And He'll teach you how to collaborate with man, but not serve man, and not fear man, and not worry about man. And the last thing I want to tell you is this, and y'all have heard this many times before Proverbs 29 1. He that often being reproved, what does that mean? Means you're always getting in trouble over this thing, constantly, constantly, constantly. Why are you getting in trouble? First off, the Bible says that, that God is a is a loving father. It says he disciplines the ones that he loves. It's a sign that he is their father. It's a sign that, that, that we're his son. You know. So the the, he's in the Bible basically says if you ain't getting disciplined by the Lord, you need to be worried because he ain't your daddy. If he ain't your daddy, there's only, that leaves only one other figure, and that's Satan. And the Bible says that, you know, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. But, but being a son of God, it means that means that, that God does discipline us. And you, and there's two different things. You see, wrath is something for, for, for the unbeliever when the, at the end of times. And I mean, it can, it can happen now sometimes. Wrath. But, but God's love and his discipline are for the purposes of good. Or for the purposes of love. I mean, how? I mean, how in the heck can we, as humans, in the Bible in Bible compares. It says, don't we, as earthly fathers, discipline our children? How much more will a perfect father discipline and love us? It says this: Don't take lightly the discipline of God. Don't take lightly. Don't don't think that's ah, just a little thing. It's just a little thing. That's what Achan said. He got his whole family killed. He got got innocent men killed, 30-something of them in a battle. You see, our our little things affect everything. Now hear me out. Don't don't get psycho-crazy, legalistic, and paranoia. What I'm saying is this, is is if you, in a big way, press into God and seeking Him, the Bible says if you seek Him, you'll find Him. If you seek His wisdom, you'll find it. If you seek for understanding, you'll find it. There's nothing that, that you, can, you, you can seek about God that you won't find, he says. Now, I don't know the timelines and all this stuff on all that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that advanced yet. There's still things I'm seeking for, but the deal is, is if you seek God and if you trust him and if you come to know him, and, 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 and like George Washington Carver, say, you know what, the only reason I'm a good scientist is because I know Jesus. The only reason why we should be good fathers is because we know Jesus. The only reason why we should be good workers is because we know Jesus. And and, and vice versa, and and on and on. But what little things. If Jesus Jesus visited us today in person, okay? We we, we sense the Spirit of God today. The Holy Spirit's here, and and He's talking to us. But if, if Jesus walked in those back doors, and you walked up to Him and said, Jesus, what little thing is destroying my life. What would he tell you? Sure. Amen. You know what we need in our life is people that can see the little things in our lives. Not, I'm not talking about having the church lady keep watch over you. People that love you to say, hey, let me help you. Amen? That's what the church is to be about. And we can't, we can't develop a society where we don't trust one another or love one another to where we can, we can either speak into or receive somebody speaking into our lives. You know, one of the scriptures we hate the most is this, is that a fool hates correction. He hates wisdom. Because sometimes we find ourselves in a foolish position. And we don't like it. And We've got we've to, got in, in, in the little things like that, we need to become people that learn to love. And not take lightly the discipline of the Lord, but say, okay, Lord, what is it? And you know what? Some of you may, may not even be disciplined yet, because God's way more gracious than you realize. God's a very gracious, good, loving Father. He lets us get away with a lot of stupid things. You know, we always talk about. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just do stupid things out of immaturity. And I believe that God doesn't treat it. God doesn't father us all exactly the same because we all have different maturities. We have different understandings. And Paul says he doesn't hold me guilty of the things that I was ignorant of. But you know what? Some of us know better. And we need to respond to what the Holy Spirit says to our hearts today. And you know what? You ain't got to get up here and tell nobody exactly what it is, but I'm asking you today, if Charissa comes and, or whoever's going to come and, or if Jeremiah wants to come and sing for us today. Just, just, just for a moment, just bow your head and close your eyes. Now why is this important? Once again, it, this ain't just about you. This is about the house of God being whole, and healthy, and holy even. And as you bow your, eyes, bow your head and close your eyes, I want you to ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what little things do I need to adhere to in my life? Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Lord, examine our hearts. Lord, lovingly correct us and show us. God, we ask today, that you will catch the little foxes that destroy our vineyards, for they are in bloom. They are in blossom. Lord, you have given us a life, Lord, that is, that is great, that is growing, that is blessed. And we pray, God, today to show us where we are being destroyed, Lord, where we, being, where we are being caused damage in our lives. Father, I pray that we all respond accordingly. In Jesus' name. Amen. As everyone stands, if the Holy Spirit spoke to you today, just come and deal with what He's sharing with you.